Shulchan Arecharav, we are in Simen Shintes, we begin Halacha Vav, section 309, we begin the sixth Halacha. Yesterday we talked about a basket that has fruit inside of it and a stone. So the fruit, of course, is the permitted object, and the stone is the forbidden object, and we discussed um, whether the basket can be moved. It also depends if there's smaller baskets inside the bigger basket, and if the, it also depended if the fruit will become soiled or not by being shaken to the ground. Like if they were dry, they, wouldn't, they, could be, they, they would not become soiled, or they, they could just easily be rinsed off. Um, so then the person would be able to shake them out, etc. Halachavav. Similar rules apply if one placed a stone on a barrel of wine. Now the Tehillah of the David emphasizes that the leniency stated in this halacha applies only when the barrel contains wine or a similar entity. If the barrel is empty, so now the barrel is considered as a basis, a base for the stone. So we're not we're talking about a barrel that is filled with wine or something else. Similar rules apply if one places a stone on a barrel of wine as a covering and forgot to remove it from there before Shabbos. Or if you place coins on a pillow and forgot to remove them from there before Shabbos. And uh, in the Gemara and Shabbos, Tesis explains that it's necessary to mention the example of coins as well. Because stones are sometimes used as covers for barrels. Hence, one might think that only in such an instance is the permitted object uh, not considered a base for a forbidden object. Therefore, it's necessary to emphasize that the pillow is also not considered as a base for the coins. Okay, so if he needs to take wine from the barrel or lie in the pillow, he should tilt the barrel on its side so that the stone will fall and shake out the pillow so that the coins will fall off. This is permitted because the barrel and the pillow did not become bases for forbidden objects. And the reason they're not placed in that category, they're not considered a buses for, for something that's usser, is because he forgot to remove the forbidden object and therefore... Uh, it, it, it therefore was left on the permitted object unintentionally. Okay. Continue the lacham. If the barrel was standing amid other barrels and positioned in a manner that makes it impossible for him to tilt the barrel in its present state. So let's say either there's no physical space to tilt the barrel or because the falling stone might break other barrels. So then he may pick it up as it is with the stone on it and move it to another place to tilt it there so that the stone will fall off. Now, let's say somebody needs the place that is occupied by the barrel or the pillow, and merely shaking off the stone of the coins will still prevent him from using that space. He's permitted to pick up the barrel or pillow together with the stone or coins that are upon them in order to clear the space they are presently occupying. If he does not require the pillow itself or its place, but is concerned that the coins on it will be stolen. He is forbidden even to shake the pillow in a manner that the coins will fall under it because moving a forbidden object via a permitted one was permitted only when one is moving the permitted object for its own sake, but not for the sake of the forbidden object, as will be explained in section 311 in Allah Yud Dalit. So even though shaking one object off another is not considered handling mooks in a full sense, it's still forbidden to shake off a forbidden object for its own sake. The rationale is that since one is shaking the permitted object for the sake of the forbidden object, the permitted object is considered an extension of the person's hand. So it's as though he's handling the forbidden object itself. If everyone is able to shake the coins off the pillow with his body, 
but not with his hands, he is permitted to do so, since he is moving the forbidden object um, with a shinoi in an abnormal manner, as was mentioned in, or as will be mentioned in section 311, Mitzvah Okay. Al now qualifies all of this. All the above applies one forgot to remove the forbidden objects. If everyone placed the forbidden objects on the permitted object intentionally during the week, with the idea that they were to remain there on Shabbos as well, he's forbidden even to tilt or shake out the barrel or the pillow. And uh, we should point out, even if one intentionally placed the forbidden object on the permitted object, having in mind to remove it before Shabbos forgot to do so, he may still follow the leniencies mentioned in the previous sub- subsection. So he put it there on purpose, but he was planning to take it away before Shabbos. So he could still rely on the leniencies. But if he put it there intentionally with the idea that they should remain there on Shabbos as well, so now he cannot uh, even tilt or shake out the barrel of the pillow, this restriction applies whether one needs the place of the barrel of the pillow or whether one needs the barrel of the pillow themselves. In other words, take out wine from the barrel or to lie on the pillow. The reason is that the barrel and the pillow became a base for a forbidden object and became forbidden like it. Like the forbidden article itself, the barrel and the pillow may not be moved at all, even if they are merely tilted or shaken so that the forbidden article falls off. Um, the most common example is placing the Shabbos candles on a tray or on a table. The tray or, an, or the table became a ba- becomes a base for the Shabbos candles. Okay, this concludes today's share.